Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD. This is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And Ram Nation, what a win last night, highlighted by a second half in which VCU outscored Radford 40 to 17. Just an incredible defensive effort and a true team performance on offense. Jason Nelson. The transfer from from Richmond, the backup point guard, was the Rams' leading scorer, part of a bench unit that scored 36 points compared to Radford. The Highlanders' bench, just four. So outscoring Radford's bench by 32 points in route to a 23-point victory. And I spoke with Jason Nelson after the game for the leading scorer postgame chat. That interview coming up at 12.15. Of course, here on a... Thursday, we will officially flip the page from Week 10 to Week 11 in the NFL. Go around all of the games coming up this weekend, including a good one tonight on NFL Hits with the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Joaquin will join us at 2 p.m. to talk VCU basketball. And then Grant Polson will join the show and talk Commanders with me. You can hear Grant and Danny right here on 910 The Fan, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. He'll join me at 1.30. Uh, but like we said, there was a lot going on in the sports world last night, and you guys know how we like to start the show by catching up on anything you might have missed from the sports world. NFL Week 11 begins tonight. Draymond Green suspended and more here on the Sports App. All right, first we begin... In the NBA by taking you back to Tuesday night as the Warriors faced off against the Minnesota Timberwolves. T-Wolves Warriors begins and before the ball goes in the basket, zeros on the scoreboard, three different players got ejected. That was Clay Thompson, Jaden McDaniels, and Draymond Green as I was shocked to see Draymond Green put his arms around the throat of Rudy Gobert put him in a headlock, and kind of drag him off the court. All right, in case you missed it, here is the audio from that game on Tuesday night. Ant pulls up on a straightaway three. It's off the front rim, no, and the rebound to Draymond Green. Ant did not have, oh, and Jaden McDaniels and Clay Thompson are throwing punches at one another. they got to be separated. Now someone's got Rudy in a headlock. It's Draymond. Someone get that dude in a headlock. Two teams have to be separated. Jaden is hot. Rudy got tackled to the floor. Somehow, Draymond just got Rudy around the neck from behind. Like, what is that? Crowds into it. Rudy's pointing down at Draymond Green. I mean, as soon as someone has Rudy in a headlock, how are you not (laughs) wrapping up Draymond and getting him around the face? Well, if you couldn't hate Draymond Green anymore, just add this to the list. I love that call. He's so into it. Stubb, isolate the part where he's like, somebody get... Two hands around Draymond's neck. Somebody put him in a chokehold. So, uh, of course, my reaction to that was it's unacceptable. Draymond Green, I believe, should be suspended. And let's roll the tape. Here was my take on the fight yesterday right here on 910 The Fan. I'm getting sick and tired of Draymond Green. I mean, this is not, uh, what is this, UFC? What is this, WWE Draymond? Are you kidding me? And uh, I believe he'll be suspended for at least five games, maybe longer 
Um, it's not like he brought guns to the locker room like John Morant, but my goodness, choking out Rudy Gobert as the game is beginning is just embarrassing. All right, so let's hear from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on how long Draymond Green will be suspended. Two parts, certainly. The league called Draymond Green's headlock slash choke uh, on Rudy Gobert a dangerous uh, maneuver on the court, but also the league again acknowledged Draymond Green's history uh, in these instances. He is a repeat offender as he was suspended for five games, as Adrian Wojnarowski would report. Five-game ban for Draymond Green after that headlock incident. Last night, NBA Wednesday on ESPN, and the late game was... The Kings against the Lakers, and I was watching this one as the Kings dominated from start to finish. It was DeMontis Sabonis as Malik Monk found him down low for a slam, and then Sabonis knocking down a clutch three-pointer as the Kings defeat the Lakers 125-110. to Here's the call on KHTK. To the paint, circles under the basket, pocket pass, and a hammer is thrown down by Dematis Sabonis. What a setup that time. The assist coming from Malik Monk and Sabonis with the hammer. Sabonis is going to try a three straight away, and Domas scores it. 81-66 in favor of Sacramento early in the third quarter in L.A. He said Sabonis with the hammer. And then you also had a good game between the Celtics and the 76ers, and the Celtics were led by Jason Tatum, who drives to the basket, scores this and one, and then, like Savonis, he comes back with a big three-point shot to seal the win for Boston as they defeat the 76ers, 117-107. to Here's the call on 98.5, the Sports Hub. Harris against Al Horford, drives baseline, throws to the corner, and Bede there, trying to dribble into traffic, and he turns it over. Tatum knocked it away, White. Lead for Tatum, protects the ball, lays it up, and in, scoring in the foul. Celtics by five with 122, 121, 120 to go. Holiday, high left-hand dribble against Covington straight away. Holiday puts it between his legs, push pass for Derek White, slot drive on the left side, kick out, open, Tatum, three, got it! Let's move over to the NFL here on the Sports App. As week 11 begins tonight with a an excellent division rivalry game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are hot right now. Lamar is leading one of the best offenses in football. He's absolutely an MVP candidate. Well, the Bengals, they came back down to earth last week. They were hot as well with Joe Burrow, uh, but then suffered a a really tough defeat there in the final drive of the game to the Houston Texans. So Thursday night football tonight, Bengals against the Ravens. Here's quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, addressing the media ahead of their game against the Baltimore Ravens. Later on in the week, yes. You know, you start to stay up a little later Friday, Saturday because, you know, you're playing late into the night. So you're not going going to bed quite as early, just trying to get your body, your circadian rhythm ready to play. More on that game later on on the show today. But let's move over to college hoops here, and we'll begin that with the Hokies of Virginia Tech. Really good game by Lynn Kidd for Virginia Tech last night as they – 
get past Campbell, the Fighting Camels, 60-44, to thanks to Kidd's awesome double-double of 24 points and 15 rebounds. Hunter Couture, the three-point sharpshooter for the Hokies, was, was four of nine from long range with 12 points. And Sean Padula just keeps it going here with a great assist-to-turnover ratio. Five assists, five points, two steals, two rebounds, all over the box score for the Hokies as they get a 16-point victory at home. VCU, we mentioned it. The win against Radford, it was tied at 33 at the half. You could hear the game right here on 910 The Fan. And the Rams came out the second half with an unbelievable run as I was looking up at the scoreboard and 10 minutes had been played in the second half. VCU had scored 17 points. The Highlanders of Radford had three. And the final score, VCU scores 40 in the second half to win 73 to 50. And you know what? VCU was involved in Sports Center's top 10 plays. Let's take a listen to ESPN. Clip number 10. We got top plays. Yeah, we do. I'm going to start at number 10. College youth, Radford and VCU. Jason Nelson, a little thievery. I'll take that basketball. Thank you so much. Pushing up the court, tossing it up to Toby the Wall for the alley-oop. My man got up and threw down. VCU rolling 73-50. to 50. And you could hear the call in the background. Our boy Ed Nixon, who joins the show all the time, called him Obi-Wan Kenobi. Toby-Wan Kenobi as he flew for that monster jam with an alley-oop pass by Jason Nelson. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If you were at that VCU game last night, give me a call, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball, and you can hear me on the pregame and the halftime show for VCU basketball via Rams Unlimited before I pass it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby right here on 910 The Fan. And we're doing the pregame show this season live from the Commonwealth Room filled with season ticket holders. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, starting to get to know some of these season ticket holders, which is cool because these are the guys I I see, it seems like, every year in March in Brooklyn or on the road for some of the big road games because that's one of the things about uh, Ram Nation that I've always loved is VCU loves to travel, and they travel well to college basketball games. And I will be traveling next week to Disney World for the ESPN Events Invitational Tournament. You've heard the commercials we're playing. If you want to come... Just go to clubd3travel.com. I did want to mention, though, if you see me at VCU Games, all right, please feel free to stop me and say hello. Tell me you listen to the show because it really does make my day. And uh, my day was made yesterday uh, when I met a few listeners. So shout out to Joey and his son, Nicholas Stubb. He told me that they listen to the show all the time. And then his son, Nicholas, plays lacrosse at Atlee. You know where Atlee is? Where is that? Mechanicsville? I, I don't know where Atlee is. I think is. it's Mechanicsville. Uh, and he said that Atlee Lacrosse has won the last two state titles. Uh, so congratulations to Atlee and shout out to Joey and his son Nicholas. Thanks for stopping me to say hello at the VCU game. Keep listening and spread the word of the AWOD Army as the Rams 
ran past the Highlanders in the second half, 73-50. to And uh, a lot of that was due to sophomore guard Jason Nelson, who poured in 19 points as VCU held Radford to just four second-half field goals in a convincing win on Wednesday night at the Seagull Center. Jason Nelson told everyone after the game, uh, the second game, the game against Samford, that he gained a lot of confidence defensively by seeing that he had six steals, a career high in the box score. Well, he followed that up with a great offensive performance, and the kid is gaining confidence every single game, and that's what's so cool about this roster. You know, I was telling Michael Phillips after the game, it feels like every single game this season so far, even in a win or a loss, one guy on the team is gaining confidence, right? Like game one, it was Max Scholga. Who, who who has just had so much offensive confidence, he can light it up from behind the arc or drive into the basket. Game two, it was Christian Furman with his first career double-double, and after the game he was almost emotional, so excited to be in the post-game press conference, be one of the guys that was chosen to speak to the media, and he mentioned that he wouldn't have had the double-double if it wasn't for Zeb Jackson pumping him up and telling him he can do it. And then last game, it was Jason Nelson with a ton of confidence from the outside, hitting four or five for 19 points, uh, leading all of VCU scores off the bench, right? I mean, that was the best part of the game last night. The bench unit just destroyed the Radford bench unit. And look, it was another game in which VCU got off to a slow start, down 10 to 2 after just a few minutes. But it didn't really rattle them. It didn't force them to take a couple bad shots. No, they stuck with it. Jason Nelson checked into the game. Fats Billups checked in. Roosevelt Wheeler and that second unit really made a difference with Toby Lawal as well. And uh, it was a good win. A good win for the Rams. And partially because this is a Radford team that is good. Like This isn't a decent Radford team, not a mediocre Radford team. This is a good Radford team. They won 21 games last year, returned all three of their start, um, their leading scorers, including Brian Antoine, who is a transfer from Villanova, a five-star recruit, who can really light it up. But VCU did a really good job of strapping him up and never letting him get like a clean look at the basket. This is a Radford team that battled hard against VCU last year, the A-10 champions, and they won that game, VCU did, by eight. This is a brand-new roster for VCU. Radford brings back most of the same guys, and VCU wins by 23 after being tied at the half 33 apiece. That is a really impressive win for Ram Nation. Sophomore forward Toby Lawal recorded his first career double-double with 12 points and 10 rebounds for the Rams. And like you heard in the sports app, he was included in SportsCenter's top 10 plays. But my conversation post-game with the leading scorer this week was Jason Nelson and his 19 points. Let's take a listen to the post-game chat with the leading scorer. Welcome back to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM here post-game after VCU defeats Radford 73-50. to And I'm joined by the leading scorer for VCU tonight, Jason Nelson. What's going on, Jay? What's going on, man? Uh, you know, just happy with the win. Uh, you know, came out here, we executed, and, you know, we played hard. Last game in the post-game press conference, you were kind of blown away to see you had six steals. You said, that might be my career high. Well, tonight kind of took that momentum and used it off on offense right most definitely uh you know i just stayed in the gym uh i just noticed my first two games i wasn't hitting threes a lot so you know i just stay you know stay stay with it stay with it you know no one i know how to do you just be in the gym and you know it paid off it's early in the season but 
one thing I've noticed is the team has gotten off to a few slow starts, and again tonight down 10-2. to Then you checked into the game and changed the energy of the whole building, man. Uh, you know, I just know uh, I, when I see the energy down, I know I got to come in and, you know, be a dog. It'd be an energy booster, and, you know, I came in and did it, and I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I did it. I feel like as a fan here, we've noticed that VCU might be at their best this season with you and at point, Zeb at the two, Max Scholga at the three. Do you guys feel that in practice that, man, this is a really good lineup together? Uh, you know, it's crazy. We don't even play together in practice, but, you know, in the game, we just all – we all just, you know, uh, have trust in each other. Um, we, I know what Zeb can do. Zeb know what I can do. We, and we both know uh, what Mass can do. And it's just trusting. That's it. Assault the paint was a word that Toby used multiple times in the press conference. Proud of him for his double-double uh, tonight. What does that mean to you as a guard, assault the paint? Uh, I would just say just be creative, you know, just get in the lane. If I got a shot, take the shot. But also just look for my teammates as well. Uh, you know, just doing that and, you know, just make sure the paint touches. Every time you get a paint touch, something good happens. So, you know, that's the one thing. Four or five from deep tonight, you were feeling good. Yes, sir. Uh, like I said, you know, just being in the gym. Uh, when I seen the first one go in, I knew I knew it was going to be a wrap. rest of the day. I knew I was going to be consistent and stay hot. So, you know, that was a good thing. Defense was a big difference tonight. Tied at 33 at half, and then I'm looking up the scoreboard. Ten minutes have played in the second half, and they had 36. Mm-hmm. And I asked you guys that, about that in the postgame press conference. You said, no, we're just locked in. But, I mean, did you feel like, hey, they just can't score on us right now? Uh, no, nah, we was really locked in. I didn't really take a peek at the scoreboard or nothing. Uh, you know, I just was locked in, dialed in, and we all knew, you know, we stayed connected, stayed together. We knew it was going to uh, defend well. You got to have confidence after holding a good Radford team to just 17 points in the second half. What kind of confidence does that give you and the team? Uh, you know, just showing that we can do this. Uh, we can really defend well, and when we all together and stay connected, uh, you know, players one, you know, we're really good. I'm Adam Epstein for AWOD Radio here with transfer guard Jason Nelson. We got to talk about that. All right, you go from Richmond over here to VCU, and you've been mentioned in the postgame press conferences. You're blown away by this crowd, right? Yes, sir. Most definitely. Uh, this crowd is amazing, man. Uh, you know, they get very loud behind us, uh, you know, just giving us the energy boost, just giving us momentum, and, you know, and that's amazing. Have you had a ton of family and friends in the crowd? Most definitely. Most definitely have. You know, hometown, uh, you know, got to invite my friends, family, everything. You know, it's fun. What does this mean to you tonight to be the leading scorer? Uh, you know, I'm just staying with it, man. You know, uh, I know it's going to vary throughout the year, but, you know, I'm just staying with it. I talked about it on my pregame show how you've been really using your speed offensively and defensively. And, you know, that's kind of the one thing that this team doesn't really have is a guy that can get, you know, 40 yards in two seconds or something like that. How does your speed, you think, help you guys offensively and defensively? Um, just like I said, being creative, uh, you know, just getting by my man, having somebody else having to step up and then, you know, dishing it off or either taking a shot, you know, just using you know, what I know I can do to my best ability, you know. The big men are going to be important for this Rams team here. Points in the paint tonight, 18 for Radford, 36 for VCU. And guys turned it around in the second half. And did you feel like, hey, if we don't attack the paint here, this game's going to be close? I mean, what was kind of going through you guys' minds about getting to the basket? Uh, most definitely. Uh, we knew, um, you know, like I said, every time we touch the paint, something good happens. So, you know, first half when we touch the paint a couple times, you know, good things happen. So, you know, we came in at halftime, we talked about it, and we just made sure we assaulted the paint. And, you know, that's also what crashing, crashing re- uh, offense rebounds and stuff. And shout out Toby, Fern, Kwani, Rose, everybody who, ever, who uh, came in to crash hard. Well, great game, man. I appreciate your time. Last thing here, I'm going to read you your box score. Just react to it for me. 19 points. 
two rebounds, two assists, two steals all over the place, plus 20 on the plus minus. Uh, you know, I'm just out there having fun. That's just, you know, that's all I can say for real. Just out there having fun with my teammates, and I'm enjoying this. Well, good luck this Saturday, man. Thank you, man. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Grant Polson from Grant Danny will join the show at 1.30 to talk a little commanders as they have a must-win game Sunday against the New York Giants. We'll go around college football in the state of Virginia at 2.45 here on University Drive. And speaking of college football programs in the state of Virginia, from Who's Talking... Hey. Frank Maloney joins us right now. Finally, some reasonable commentary. I'm here. Yeah, I know. You told me that you did not like me uh, treating the VCU uh, Radford game like it was a game against Duke. Uh, it was not the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I did like your pregame, though. I, I heard the whole thing live. Oh, really? And I almost texted you to say I thought I re- it was. It lifted my interest in the whole thing. Oh, I appreciate that. And, and that's, that takes some, because I see a lot of basketball. Yep. Well, Stubb does mm-hmm. need to apologize to you. Last time he said, I'm not going to wear a Virginia Tech shirt He's when wearing Bruce another Talking's Virginia Tech building. shirt. He's wearing another Tech shirt. <laughs> what I didn't the know you were coming in today. On. That's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't check the show sheet. I didn't check the show it, it sheet. Was, look, it's big and bold. <laughs> Frank Maloney. <laughs> it's the first thing I look at when I get into the office, and it's not like I have a spare T-shirt here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next time, you need to bring a spare T-shirt. We do have the barstool shirts that you could throw on at any time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we got to do something. I, do I have to bring? Yeah, you, why don't you bring him some UVA I'll, gear? I'll, I'll get you an ACC shirt, anything, but but these hokey shirts. God, <laughs> it'd be a betrayal to the last four years of my life. Well, you're not betraying anybody. <laughs> I was telling you, I do believe there's still a chance for the Hokies to play mm. in the ACC conference they, championship. They, they have an outside shot because Louisville against Miami. I'm good predicting game. a Miami victory. It should be a good game. I do. I do think Louisville. Uh, you know, by escaping the trap game against Virginia, uh, they know they dodged a bullet, and you'll see a very determined Louisville team in this next game. By the way, uh, Louisville's favored by one and a half points at Miami. Yep, and I think they will cover. They'll cover by a field goal. North Carolina, Clemson. That's the other thing Virginia Tech what a, needs. What so they gr- got to handle business. And by then... the way, what a great game. Oh, yeah. Especially because Clemson's starting to play some really good football and again. Carolina is the highest scoring team in the ACC. Clemson has a great D. They're at home. Their fans will be juiced. This Clemson's favored by six and a half. Yeah. No way they cover that. This game is going to go down to the wire. It'll be a nail biter. This is Drake Mays. It's either his. Chance to win the ACC Heisman or his Waterloo. It's one or the other. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I mean, look at his statistics that? for the season. How about there? There's that a little historical a, that was, reference. That was a good one. Uh, 3,145 yards on the year, 21 touchdowns to just six interceptions, mm. and he's ran for uh, a bunch of yards as well. Uh, but Clemson's playing a lot better. Listen, you knew that that quarterback would eventually find his, his mojo he just needed reps. He needed games. He needed to get acclimated to the various system as well as the personnel groupings. It, quarterback is the hardest job in college football. Once a quarterback proves that he can handle the management of the game and he gets used to the packages and understands the schemes and he understands downs and distance, then he can take that step forward. Klubniak? Klubnik. 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 I have yeah. a hard time. They, 
Lately, Clemson's had these quarterbacks with weird names. Anyway, yeah, I know. The they bo- need just another Trevor Lawrence. How about a guy <laughs> named Smith? Anyway, <laughs> it seems to me that uh, he is finding his mojo. And it's 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 good for Clemson, but not so good for their opponents. Let's get to UVA as Frank Maloney from Who's Talking joins us here in the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat. What time are you guys on next Monday? Is it six? We're, we're back to 6 o'clock. Back to uh, 6 o'clock. You know, we're, we're on a yo-yo these days, this 5 o'clock thing. Because there's so many college basketball games right now. Yes, and, uh, you know, uh, Virginia on the 20th plays at home at, at, at a 6 o'clock against Wisconsin, which is a huge game on mm-hmm. the road, uh, neutral court. And um, so we didn't want to go up against, you know, the broadcast of the game. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, – we get to do a pregame, in essence, which yeah. will be fun. And Hobgood gets very excited about pregame because <laughs> it's like dialing back, you know, 16 years ago when he was in the chair uh, courtside uh, calling it like he saw it. Well, let's get to UVA football, though, as they face off against Duke this Saturday, 3 p.m. on the CW. Uh, let's start with Calandra. Are you happy that they had to burn his red shirt season? Because you know, I am. You know, th- this is a very interesting scenario. It's not one that I've seen happen very often. But in the case of the University of Virginia, this t- is turning out to be a positive. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, Calandria clearly has a great future. He is. He can run like a demon. He has a pretty good arm. He's gutsy as heck. I have seen very few players come out of in college football as a first-year player in Display the guts that he has. He is. Yeah. He will step into the breach and he will fight like heck. And that's what you want in your leader. And the rest of the team is rallying around him. I think the future is very bright. It also gives the Virginia coaching staff uh, someone that they can hold up high and say, "Look, look where we're going. This is where we're going with our offense. You know, a dual threat quarterback that's gutsy that can throw the deep ball, the short bullet." Rolls out, and he's made two or three plays this year where the everyone in the press box has has gone, whoa, like where he has rolled out and pitched it back inside or thrown it out into the sideline and hit a receiver right in the chest, and you go, all right, that was amazing. Yeah, and he's got two great receivers with him this season. Which of the two will be returning next year? Well, Fields is a youngster. Malachi Fields, um, he had a red shirt uh, last season with the Achilles – uh, injury, the ankle Achilles thing. Uh, he's a young man. He's tall. He's very good. He, The sky's the limit for Malachi Fields. He hadn't even begun to figure out how to use his big body and his long arms to wall off a defensive back and give a quarterback a little teeny place to throw to that the defender can't get to. Uh, Malik Washington is the diamond in the rough they found who transferred from Northwestern. And that young man has proven to me he's going to play on Sundays. He makes catches all over the field. He takes hits, excellent yards after catch, and he has a burst. That ball that he picked up on the sideline after the Paris Jones collision fumble injury and took it to the house, that was a lightning strike. And that only great players can make that kind of play. Uh, he's led the ACC all year. There's no, yeah. He's first it's team. Impressive. He's first team all ACC. It's a shame we do not have with him. multiple quarterbacks too. Yes, and he's he's proven it didn't matter who's back there. Yep, we're going around the ACC with mm. Frank Maloney from Who's Talking. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. You walked in puffing your chest out and saying Brandon Armstrong's going to beat the Hokies. 
You know, I do have a funny feeling about this. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Brennan's been playing college football a long time. He's a gutsy player. He's been given a reprieve after uh, the backup quarter was named the starter, Morris, at NC State. Yep. And then he voluntarily re- withdrew himself out of the starting lineup, which is unheard of <laughs> to redshirt. In other words, can you scream transfer portal there? Right. So Morris takes himself out of the lineup. Uh, and Brennan Armstrong did not waste time last week, and I watched almost the entire game. And he led Wake led the uh, team. Excuse me, he led NC State to a big, decisive win against Wake Forest. And Wake Forest has been the hard luck team of the ACC this year. Um, and not that Virginia hadn't, but Wake has had really painful. Can't believe they've lost these games. Like take that Duke game yeah. anyway. Um, you know, he demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt he could take the team and lead them in a must-win game, and they controlled it. I think it was 26-6 to we looked it up. Um, that, and see, he led the team in rushing in the game. Yeah. He would not allow them to fail. He got the first downs every time they needed it. He's going to do it in Blacksburg. Mark, mark my words, This it will, be a, it will be a tight game. It will go down to the wire. But this is the this is Brennan Armstrong's moment uh, as a football player, as a captain, as a quarterback, as a as a potential NFL candidate. This is his chance to prove to all the naysayers that he's a winner. Well, I'm I'm certainly glad that he's playing better, but the Hokies are playing better too. Yes. And, and hey, look, look, hey. this is a uh, Hokies yeah. defense here uh, that's playing some of their best ball right now. They're getting mm-hmm. after the quarterback. I don't think Armstrong's going to have time in the pocket. I think he's going to get sacked or be running for his life. But offensively with Virginia Tech, I think they've got too much going right now for NC State to keep up. I mean, NC State might put 24 points on the board. I wouldn't be surprised if the Hokies put up 35. With drones' dual threat ability, yes, the offense I, is completely open. I, I completely agree that that's a, a, a possibility. I'm not going to say it's a probability. Drones hasn't been playing enough football to know how big a game this is. This is the biggest game he's played in. Brandon Armstrong's played in a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. He's come off the bench for Bryce Perkins uh, when Perkins got dinged up. He's He's had a number of years now as a starter. He's transferred. He's learned multiple systems. He's seen every conceivable defense that's out there. Trust me, this game has been circled on his calendar. <laughs> and by the way, Dave Dorn is a winner. And if, if you haven't noticed lately, he's the winningest coach in the history of NC State. Well, it's going to be a good I'll one. Just, I'm letting you sink. Let that sink in it's a gonna second. It's going to be a good one this Saturday. At 3.30 p.m. Frank, I appreciate you stopping by here. Hey, well, I'm not out of here. You want to talk commanders? You want yes. to talk Sam Howell? I, I want to talk colors. Grant and Danny want to talk colors. I'm ready to talk about the burgundy. <laughs> Is it the right shade of burgundy? <laughs> Give me a break. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, the home of Who's Talking that you can hear Monday at 6 p.m. And also proud to be partnered with the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard on 910 The Fan here at Odyssey Richmond or on WRVA 1140 AM. And because there is a, I believe, a tech basketball game Sunday the Commanders will air on WRVA with the full two-hour pregame show and postgame show. And how about this, Frank? Sam Howe leads all NFL quarterbacks right now 
with 2,783 passing yards. He mm. leads all NFL quarterbacks with 264 completions. He leads all NFL quarterbacks with 397 pass attempts. He is having an incredible year. You know, um, before the season began, I told everybody to chill out. Hal was going to do fine. I saw Hal play in person when he was at Carolina, and he showed a ruggedness, a ruggedness that you have to admire uh, and have to have in the NFL today. He showed good arm strength. He showed good touch on his sideline routes, and he showed a willingness occasionally to uh, move the sticks by scrambling and running for yards. And he also has shown me that he's a leader. And this year it would have been very easy for him to fuss at linemen for missing blocks, fussing at running backs for making unbelievable blunders. He's he's keeping his cool. Yeah. And it shows to me that he's thinking long term. He his maturity is impressive. Yes, I give him, I give him high marks. I I think the uh, the former team known as the Redskins, uh, now the Commanders. Uh, um, I do think that an, a major effort needs to be made by the ownership group to align themselves with as many tribes as they need to win back the name, and they should tell FedEx to go away. If FedEx if FedEx is going to cry behind that, you know, woke BS, get rid of them. Go find another sponsor. There's plenty of companies that would like to be associated with the team in, in the Washington. Look, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, it's the name I grew up cheering for and screaming at the top of my lungs, go yep. Redskins, go. Yep. Uh, so I don't have any problem with the name. But I do think that they need to move past the controversy. Well, right? either. Because there's so many more things to focus on, like building yep. a winning organization. Exactly. We've got to fire Ron Rivera first. Yes. I mean, I, if, we, if the choice was yes. keep Ron Rivera or go to Redskins. Yeah. It's a tough call. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> I, I will say this. Uh, I think Rivera's time has come and gone. Uh, I think he's a fine man. I think he's overcome some major health issues. Yeah. I think he's demonstrated that he's a pretty good player coach. Um, I'm not sure he's the best game coach anymore. I've seen a couple little weird instances. Like, oh, it, it, like the challenge flag. The challenge Use flag it. is stupid, it and is, he doesn't know when to call timeout. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest issue is that, right, what is he good at right now? Because well, I, he's I, not good at that. He's not good at drafting people because the first-round draft picks have been bust. Mm. I, I mean, he's he's not firing anybody up. They start games slow. Yeah. He came out and told reporters that he didn't say anything at halftime. He had nothing inspirational to say. What is one thing he's good at? Well, uh, I, I hate to say it. I think there was a certain amount of we have to trust the stability of his type yeah. of leadership during the transition. Well, now that the transition has happened, thankfully Dan Snyder and his bride are gone. Yep. You know, the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> they're they're gone, right? So uh, Halloween is over for uh, Redskins Commanders fans. Um, they need to find someone, um, and it would be nice to find the next Belichick. But let's face it, that's probably not going to happen. Well, are you interested in Bill Belichick? Clip, no, do we I, have that clip stub? So it's yeah. it's actually been circling around yeah. uh, radio shows recently as more information has come out about the future of Bill Belichick. Do you want the announcement or the reaction from Andrew Reid? Uh Let's let's hear. Do we have the Albert Beer, Breer clip on Dan uh, Dan Patrick's show explaining it? Yeah, I can grab that. Yeah, let's let's hear from that because I, I here's what I said is mm. if you have an opportunity to bring in Bill Belichick, who's won like eight Super Bowls, you have to consider it. You oh, have yeah, to bring yeah. him in for an interview. Yep. Let him come to your organization or, and, and check you out. Or better still, bring him in and make him the GM. 
and have him hire hire a coach the next coach and he can mentor him through the stages of rebuilding this. I think that would be more like the genius. See, I I agree with you. The only issue is that Patriots fans would argue the last few years Mm -hmm. he has not been good as a GM. They don't have any talent with all their draft picks. I I think the problem there was... uh, He had too much power? He Maybe so. But I I do think, truthfully, you knew that they couldn't keep doing it forever. When Tom Brady played one of those latter years before he left to go south, uh, I was thinking, you know... Isn't Bill, doesn't he want to retire on top? And he didn't take that. Yeah. I thought it was a mistake. I think it's smart for him now. Well, he's that, chasing Don Shula. I think that, and, that's and more not, important it, It's him. not going to happen. It, Don Shula, that number is just a little far. Who's going to put up with, uh, you know, these 2 and 10 situations? I, I, it's not going to happen. All right, let's hear the report about the possibility of Bill Belichick moving on from New England. I mean, I don't know if a destination has been determined. Um, I would say this, though, like, you know, the Washington stuff has been out there for a while. And, you know, it's something that's been talked about in NFL circles for more than the time that it's been out there in the public. And, um, you know, that one's interesting to me um, just because, you know, if you look at the history of things, Dan, like we've seen like owners bring in older coaches um, with a track record it's generally a credibility prep play, you know, like Shad Khan needed credibility in Jacksonville. So he brought in Tom Coughlin at the beginning of Steve Ross's ownership. Um, you know, in, in, in Miami, they had Bill Parcells there as the football czar. So um, it would make sense if you're trying to restore credibility to your organization and you're Josh Harris and Josh Harris, by the way, would be able to negotiate this with the Patriots because he went to Harvard Business School with Jonathan Kraft and they've had a relationship going back over 30 All right, years. That's enough. So, so here's the here's the one issue is I would be very into going after Bill Belichick if the Patriots move on from him. If the Patriots try to make you trade for him, which was the report from a few weeks ago. No, thank you. No, and I, and I agree with that entirely. I, I, I do see him being someone you'd rather have uh, guiding the entire ship as the GM as opposed to him being on the sideline. I think his days are done there. What Michael Phelps suggested was if he took a step back, defensive coordinator would be awesome. Because I, I, here's I, the thing. His defense is still flying around the field this year. I, I got it. I, and I, and I, he is a genius. But can he still influence that as the GM? Right. And I think you would you would see rapid improvement for a couple of years in the commanders, the, the whole the whole organization. Yeah, because nobody's going to get away with the slack right. BS. Well, they're just they're not doing on. things the right way, right? Well, now. they don't. You know, Rivera had no business ever, ever, in my opinion, uh, being in charge of the draft. Right. I just I didn't get it. I never understood it. You know. Well, it came down to. Dan Snyder had to hire someone, and you know there were no good candidates that even wanted to come to Washington. Ron Rivera, I guess, was a decent candidate because he had been to a Super Bowl uh, with Carolina, and he said, "Hey, if I'm going to come here, I I want power." And you know what? And he he gave it to him. He leveraged it. The problem is it doesn't work. I mean, Vince Lombardi was the GM coach for the Green Bay Packers, and former players have talked about the conflict that existed. In this day and age, the agents are so shrewd. Players don't walk into those meetings and, unless their name is Lamar Jackson <laughs> and pretend to be their own agent. Yeah. 
They don't. They have a guy that spends all year studying everything. They've got all the metrics. They know all the, you know, how to how to create a bonus structure and all that. It's 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 not logical. I think I think Belichick would have a profound impact on the commanders as a GM. I don't know how this is going to play out. I do think the Northeast media has sharpened their knives and they're starting to cut him up into little pieces. And he's not good at taking criticism. He will leave. Now, where he goes, who knows? Yeah, the Chargers have also been thrown out there as a good destination for Belichick as they've got uh, a, a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball and a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. Yes. But let's get to the game this weekend. The Commanders face off against the New York Giants. What's it going to take for Washington to get a win? Call in right now, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. I guaranteed a Commanders victory last time against the G-Men. They lose fourteen to seven. They got they got and I wanted to break my television. They they basically got uh railroaded in that game. The the Giants didn't do anything special. They just beat them in the trenches. They they beat them at every position. And uh And they had a better game plan. And and they had a better game plan. Now I think there's a little thing called payback. And NFL players have pride. I think the commanders will return the favor. And maybe the game flips the other way. What's it going to take for Washington to get a win on Sunday? 833-804-0910. It's the Richmond Commander coming up next.